0: Good to see you this morning. We're doing a series from the book of Ephesians, and we're up to chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. You know, in 2014, when Helen and I went to live in Azerbaijan, we had not heard of ISIS. ISIS was unknown to the world in 2014. But in 2015, we had people that were moving into Azerbaijan from surrounding countries like Syria and Iran. And they were refugees who basically had to get out of their own country because it wasn't safe. And some of the mission organizations set up programs whereby some of these refugees were able to migrate to countries like Canada and the USA. And it was very interesting because these people had left a hopeless situation in Syria and suddenly they're transported into a country like Canada where there is freedom and plenty of opportunity. And these people were overwhelmed by the goodness and the opportunity that was available to them. You know, at the end of World War II, when... The concentration camps in Germany were liberated. People were released and many of those people were sent around the world as refugees. And most of them adapted into life in another country and were very successful in their new country. But a few years ago they noticed that some of these older people that were these people that had been in the camps that had entered into older age that suddenly they were having nightmares and they were changing from being at peace to being in a state of trouble and anxiety and they realized that all those memories that they'd had of those hurts in the past were coming back to them and causing fear and panic. Though they were surrounded by caring people, they were still in prisons of torment in their minds. And there may be some people here this morning that have been through traumatic times in your lives and may still be traumatized from things that have happened in the past in various ways. So our study this morning relates to this, So let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God, All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Jesus from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And so here Paul talks about a situation where these people had been rescued from death, hopelessness, and despair. He reminds them of how they have been transformed as a result of the mercy of God. And he says in verse 1, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You know, God is perfect, and God cannot tolerate sin. And the entrance of sin and rebellion into the world created a barrier between God and man. We all wonder what happens when this life ends. If you don't know God, you are probably asking the question, what happens when I die? Is there life after death? And you may feel a bit like a a prisoner on death row, unsure of his execution date, but knowing that death is inevitable. But, you know, there is a promise of life after death for all of those who are in Jesus Christ. Paul says, we were once dead. Those who've not had their sins forgiven by Christ face judgment and death. Those who've been made alive by Christ are in a living relationship with him. The word death here refers to people who are out of fellowship, with God, who've not been made alive and aware of the wonderful things God has in store for all those who believe. You know, a lot of people view a commitment to Jesus Christ as a loss of their personal freedom in life. They want life after death, but they are worried about missing out on some of the good things in life. They want to live it up. They want to party until just before they die. And then they they think, well, then I'll make my peace with God. But Paul sees things differently. He says, you have never been free. We all have a choice as to who we serve in this life. Those who don't choose to follow God... Choose to follow the devil. And Satan's lifestyle looks exciting, but ultimately the thrill and the pleasure fades. Look at all of those rich and famous people who have committed suicide, destroyed their own lives. Satan causes people to elevate lust to love. Think of all of those. TV series and movies. Lust is viewed as a goal in itself. Love is kept right out of the equation. There's no commitment there. It's all about that good feeling that goes with having sex with someone. People seldom look for a deep experience of true love and the result is they end up feeling empty inside. The self-destructive nature of sin can be illustrated in the way the Inuit or the Eskimo kills a wolf. The Eskimo gets his hunting knife and he covers it in layers of blood. After each layer has been covered in blood, he freezes the blood on the knife. And then he sticks the knife in the ice, by the handle. And the nose of the wolf smells the blood. And so the wolf comes to this knife in the sand, in the ice, and starts licking the blood off the blade. But the blood is frozen. And before long, the tongue of the wolf becomes numb. And as he licks through the layers of blood, he's exposed to the blade of the knife. But his tongue is so dull by the cold, numb by the cold, that he can't feel the sharp edge of the knife. And so as he cuts his own tongue, he starts to bleed And now there's warm blood that he's licking and eating. And so he gets into a frenzy. It's his own blood that he's drinking. And ultimately, the next morning, the Eskimo finds the wolf dead next to the knife. Like the wolf, Paul says, we can be consumed with our own lustful desires. Our willingness to yield to Satan's ways and to live our lives his way will ultimately lead to our death. Paul says in verse 3 that God has made us objects of his anger. God has given us good things to enjoy but Satan traps us in cages with golden doors. There's all these ads for easy money on TV For example credit union we are nice people we will give you lots of money when other people may not give you any you can have anything you want your overseas holiday a brand new car people don't realize that they're digging a financial hole that will rob them of their time their freedom and load them up with worry and anxiety. Short-term pleasure for long-term pain. You know, these days in some parts of the world, you can buy suicide bags. And they're long plastic bags where you basically hop hop in this bag with a, a tank of gas and you release the gas and you pull the draw cord and you never wake up. What a crazy world that we live in where life is so miserable that people want to end it. Jesus can set us free from the false pleasures of this world and he can give us a full and meaningful life. And so our reading goes on in verses 4 to 7. It says, Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, in Jesus Christ. And so Paul points to God's gracious acceptance of all who come to him. He shows us mercy beyond measure. Mercy and love are related. God is so merciful that he shows love towards us. One of the most stupid things I did in my life was start a major bushfire. Our family were on holiday in central Otago in the middle of summer and there hadn't been a lot of rain and we were camping at a place called Pinders Pond and one day my brothers and I went sort of fishing up the river. Well my brothers were fishing but I was just sort of sitting there watching them and I was sitting on a a boulder next to the river and Around that boulder was sort of grass and gorse and scrub sort of growing. And in those days, they used to give you these souvenir boxes of matches. If you went to a motel or a hotel or whatever, they'd give you these little cardboard sachets of matches. And so I started striking these matches, and I saw this gorse bush next to me, and I thought, I'll just light a little bit of that gorse bush, and I'll blow it out. Well I lit that uh, gorse bush and talk about spontaneous combustion the thing just went whoosh and I'm beating it with my hands trying to put the thing out jumping all over it no way it was off that fire was burning flat out. After a while the volunteer fire brigade arrived and all the farmers in the area and they all had wet sacks and they're all bashing this fire and spraying water everywhere and eventually the fire was put out but not until about two acres of land had been sort of burnt down and i'm thinking to myself oh no i'm in serious trouble i hope none of the sheep have died what's going to happen to me am i going to be fined am i going to get into trouble but at the end of the day they let me off they showed me mercy. But they didn't show me love and grace, just mercy. <laughs> if, if they'd made me the fire lighter of the year or something like that, that would have been grace. But it didn't happen. But how grateful are we to receive the mercy of God Jesus took the punishment for our sin so that when we believe in him and we thank him for taking that punishment and we repent of our sin we can be set free from the consequences of sin. Jesus also invites us to rule and to reign with him. He has shown us love and grace as well as mercy. Jesus was lifted up to the highest heaven and seated at the right hand of God. And his word tells us that we also are spiritually seated in heavenly places with Christ. Our spirit is already where one day our new body will join it. I read a story of a farmer who found an egg while he was out walking one day. And he took it to his... It was an eagle's egg that he found. And he took it to his hen house and added it to the eggs underneath a nesting hen. The egg hatched and among them was the oddest-looking chicken you've ever seen. When the other chicks chirped, this one would screech. When the mother hen clucked, all except this ugly one would come running to her. There was no relationship between them. The others picked on him and pecked away at him as well. One day, a huge shadow passed over the barnyard. Father Eagle soared high above he looked down and spotted a little eagle and swooped down with a loud screech father eagle said what are you doing down here you're not a chicken you're an eagle eagles aren't supposed to live in farmyards the heavens are your domain come up here Up until now, the farmyard had been his home, but he wasn't very happy there. Suddenly, the truth of who he was hit him. He discovered his true identity. He wasn't a chicken. He was an eagle. He felt an urge to respond to Father Eagle, but he just couldn't get off the ground. Father Eagle said, Just take a big jump and flap your wings. You can fly if you try. He must have been a poet as well. (laughs) The little eagle took a feeble jump, flapped its wings, and ended up on top of a fence post. Father Eagle said, Try again, jump higher, and I'll sweep underneath you and carry you on my wing. After a mighty leap of faith, the eaglet was riding on Father Eagle's wings on his first solo flight up into heavenly places great story wasn't it let's have a look at verses 10 uh, 8 to 10 these tell us that we are God's masterpiece you know what a masterpiece is it's the best painting that an artist does and it says God saved you by his grace when you believed And you can't take the credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. There are some great photographers and craftspeople within this congregation. And they can look at their work with admiration and pleasure. And they can say, I did a great job on that. Just think of this universe that God made. Isn't it incredible? It's 90 million miles to the sun, but it takes sunlight 1.3 Seconds to leave the sun and arrive on earth. If we were to drive to the sun in a jumbo jet, it would take 21 years. If we were to drive by car, 200 years. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. When you look out there in that night sky, some of those those stars that you see, they don't exist anymore. They've already blown up, but the light that they sent out thousands of years ago has continued going through space, and you can see the light that it sent out even though that star no longer exists. King David wrote in Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon And the stars you have set in place. What is man that you should think of us? Mere humans that you should care for us. For you made us only a little lower than the angels. And you crowned us with glory and honor. Paul, or David is telling us, and Paul is telling us, that we, us humans, are God's masterpiece not any other aspect of this awesome creation that God has made. He tells us that God has made us into beings of great value to share eternity with God. The creative hand of God on our life has brought transformation from death into life. Last week We had some friends of ours um, from Azerbaijan who came over for the weekend and they told us the story of some mutual friends of ours from Azerbaijan. Can you put the next slide up please? Uh, The next one. If you have a look at that photo there this is a young couple and their four-year-old son who were missionaries in Azerbaijan and had moved over the border into Georgia where they were ministering to people and um, his name was Ryan and her name was Laura and their little boy was called Caleb and they were living in a little village in Georgia where they made beautiful rugs and carpets and he had taken on a role of marketing these carpets around the region and exporting them to countries like the USA. Well, last week, they decided that they were going to go camping in uh, a valley not far from where they lived. But then, a few days later, their car was found somewhere and there was no sign of them. So they went looking for them. And they found that he had been shot and the little boy had been shot by a 19-year-old shepherd. And that the wife had tried to escape and in the process of evading the guy that was chasing her, she fell over a cliff. Uh, An entire family wiped out. This seems so wrong, so tragic, so meaningless. But they are God's masterpiece. Life on this planet is a blink in comparison to eternity. That family are now in heaven with God. Their spirits had already been lifted into heavenly places with God, and now their new bodies are in heaven with God. As we obey Christ, we are changed into his likeness, and he can use us greatly we can all think of ourselves as God's masterpiece. He is delighted in the transformation that takes place when you yield your life to him. I remember when I fully gave my heart to the Lord, that I wanted to know God as well as I possibly could. I wanted to read his word, understand his word. I wanted to have such a close relationship with him that I would hear him talking to me and guiding me and giving me peace and warning me when something was a danger and a problem. Satan would have us believe otherwise. He wants to make us feel guilty, useless and condemned. But let's all allow God to make us into a wonderful masterpiece of his love, of his mercy and of his grace you may feel that you don't deserve god's grace and favor and that's true in the 18th century king frederick ii who was king of prussia visited a prison in berlin and all the prisoners swarmed around him they were all trying to prove to him that they had been unjustly put in prison all except for one man who sat quietly in a corner. The king was drawn to this man, and he asked him what he was there for. Armed robbery, your honor, the man replied. The king asked, were you guilty? Yes, sir, he answered. I entirely deserve my punishment. Then the king gave the order, release this guilty man. Like that prisoner, we were in prison. We were slaves to sin. We were spiritually dead. Like that prisoner, we were pardoned. The prisoner did nothing to deserve being set free. All he did was admit his guilt. That's what God, by his grace and kindness, offers to each one of us. Verse 8 tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot earn our way to heaven. Paul makes it clear that it's an eternal gift from God. It's because we haven't earned it that it can't be taken away from us. Some of you may remember way back in the year 2000, in the Olympic Games in Sydney, there was an Australian athlete who was well in the lead in the walking race, but for one brief second, she took both feet off the ground at the same time and was disqualified. Sometimes we worry that something like that may happen to us, but it can't. We're saved because of what christ has done and no one can make god slip up therefore we who were dead can celebrate that because of god's grace mercy and love we have been made into god's masterpiece a testimony to god's praise and glory if you don't know jesus trust in him today And let's celebrate our position in Christ and experience his work in us and through us so that we can have an exciting, creative, fruitful life to the glory of God. Amen.